all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Our government has prioritized almost 2.6 billion rand to ensure that deserving students are not prevented from continuing their studies because of outstanding university fees. The destruction of property and the violent behavior undermines the students' campaign. We also urge students to play their part in ensuring that they focus on their academic studies. What we believe is that the reasons for the protests are that they want um, the upfront and registration fees to be um, waived. Uh, they want fighting against academic and financial exclusions and they're looking for access to free quality higher education. Uh, but this response so far is that we agree that there should be access to quality um, higher education and that there should be a priority in South Africa. Um, however, we do not have the resources to make free education happen and we have to look to the public and private sector for the funds for this. Obviously, there is a greater call for, high, for free higher education. That one we are not compromising. There is also a call for free registration. That one we are not compromising. But uh, for today, material conditions dictate that at the moment we want uh, access to the university. Therefore, we've called for university to come down and grant us uh, access and grant everyone access so that uh, people can can be able to check their status and, and, and otherwise, and even to be able to demand, because we, do, we really do not understand how we can have people being paid to register people, but uh, our people on the ground are told that they must go and register online. And, and, and that actually discriminates uh, our people in terms of race, because if you, if, if you say people must register online, already what kids will go and register, then our people from Elusikisiki won't be, reg- won't be able to register, because they do not have laptops, they do, do not have computers, they do not, uh, where we come from in rural areas, there is not even, we don't even have an internet cafe. So now we are saying that if they are saying there must be an online registration, they must ma- create a conducive environment for that to happen. They must extend Wi-Fi here. They must allow our people to use these facilities. There are more than 20,000 computers inside that can be uh, used to assist these students. Uh, we are saying that everyone, even those who do not have money to study, they must come here. We know that the government has just popped in money to Enesfas. We must know how much the university have and how much is short. So those are our demands at the moment is that the university must grant everyone who wants to study and access to the university. Because it does not make sense that our people are outside in the public university. Because this is not a private university, you know. So, but again, that uh, does not take away the fact that we are still advocating for free quality education and free registration, in fact. But even those things will not be able to, will not be able to, to demand them if they block us access to, to go inside. And that was UJ student leader uh, Lindo Guthe Kulu. And before that, uh, Sharona Patel of uh, Wits University and uh, President Jacob Zuma uh, speaking at uh, the January 8th uh, statement, the 104th anniversary of the ANC on Saturday in uh, Rustenburg. So it is the Forum at 8 and this morning we are talking about higher education and the challenges facing the sector. An additional 6.9 billion rand has been allocated on top of the 10 billion rand that was allocated to tertiary institutions to 
fund students for the 2016 academic year. The announcement was made by Higher Education Minister Bladen Zimande and it comes amid student protests over fees at institutions of higher learning. Wits University, the University of Johannesburg and UNISA's main campus in Pretoria had to postpone their registration processes following protests yesterday. And uh, we uh, asked our team to just take a look and uh, phone around the country uh, to get the latest updates from uh, the various tertiary institutions just to see exactly uh, what is going on and what the processes were as we wanted to understand exactly what each was doing at the beginning of the year. So as we uh, learned um, at uh, WITS, UJ and at UNISA, there were some protests and we'll update you with regard to the latest as some of the other institutions um, as of yesterday. In fact, uh, we already have it here. So uh, looking at um, uh, Stellenbosch, uh, Stellenbosch University, all exams were completed last year. University of Cape Town's exams have started peacefully at the University of Cape Town, at University of KwaZulu-Natal. Um, and we had no word there at Durban University of Technology. They say that the registration process at uh, DUT in KwaZulu-Natal has started without delays. Um, and no word from Rhodes, uh, Fort Hare, Nelson Mandela, University of the Free State Northwest, uh, University of Limpopo. They say that registration of first-time students at the University of Limpopo has started. The university maintains that space will be limited to less than 5,000 new students. The registration post process is currently running without any interruptions. At the University of Venda, hundreds of prospective students are waiting for registration at that uh, particular campus, uh, and some have already started expressing frustration. Uh, UNISA student unrest continues as uh, uh, at some of the other major universities in Gauteng. In the latest incident, a stun grenade was reportedly fired to disperse hundreds of University of South Africa students who vowed to block registration until the committee was set up to deal with outsourcing. And uh, then uh, we heard about what happened at UJ and um, Wits University yesterday. Twana University of Technology examinations um, at the University South and North Soshanguva campuses are being written and that's happening amid tight security. The exams were deferred last year after a spate of violence at the institution and the University of the Western Cape students there are writing their end of year exams um, in Belleville and they say they are relieved to uh, finally be able to complete the academic year. The process was postponed in December after the institution was forced to close due to violent student unrest that was linked to the Fees Must Fall campaign and the Cape Peninsula University of Technology uh, the first deferred examinations at uh, that campus went on without disruption and this comes despite attempts to deter students from writing deferred examinations will take place until the 29th of January so that just a quick roundup of what is happening at campuses across the country and uh, we welcome the Minister of Higher Education Dr. Bladen Zimande thanks for making the time to speak to us this morning thank you very much Sakina a happy new year to you your production team and to your listeners thank you for inviting me it's our pleasure. So the task team last year, amongst their threats, did identify that the year might see um, you know, a start that would be coupled by protests. And indeed, this has come to pass. Yes, indeed, that's the case, Sakina. Although we, we must say that as government, we are quite concerned about this because we would have thought that given the interventions that have been announced by the president that I elaborated upon yesterday with the concurrence of the Minister of Finance, uh, one would actually 
see students registering. I'm pleased, though, to hear from your report that in quite a number of institutions, registration is going okay because it is very important that the students register because spaces at universities in particular are very tight. Students who have already been accepted, if they don't register, they might actually lose that opportunity. Uh, we have got 205,000 students, NESFA students, at universities who are not going to be required to pay any upfront registration. So if they don't take those, those opportunities, they might also find themselves, many of them, being compromised. So we are saying that there is no contradiction between the students' principal stance of struggling for free higher education for the poor and registration and actually continuing with the academic program. That is what we think is important, and we would still urge students that they actually go and register, because if they don't do that, many problems that are unnecessary may actually arise. And before we get to the sticky money issues, already um, space is a problem. Because um, looking at the cohort of matriculants that have qualified uh, to go uh, to universities and other institutions of higher education, where will they be placed? Well, if you look at the totality of opportunities in the post-school sector, which would include universities, colleges, learnerships, internships, uh, work placements of different kinds, we are talking of just over half a million. Opportunities. So if you look at that collectively, the situation is not that bad. But it must not detract from the fact that at universities the space is, 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 not, is, is not there in the numbers that we need it. And in some programs it's even worse. You know, for instance, medical students, it's prime, prime, prime places. You know? We normally get about five, 6,000 applicants and we normally can just take 2,000 or just over 2,000. So that is why we are saying that it's very important that uh, students actually quite register. But Sakina, our answer to that is not just university. We need to accept expand and diversify the post-school sector as a whole, simply because we, we are in a very anomalous situation in South Africa that we've, we've reinforced the academic university route, which doesn't even reflect the workplace, Sakin. In any typical workplace, for instance, where you employ an engineer, an engineer normally requires three or four engineering technicians who would qualify from universities of technology, and possibly eight to ten artisans who must actually come from the colleges. That's a work team. You can't have engineers. It's like you can't have a doctor without nurses, without radiographers, you know, and so on. That's the nature of the workplace and so on. So it's very important that we actually even increase opportunities in the Tivet colleges quite substantially in order to absorb this youth, as you say, which sometimes doesn't get taken anywhere. If we can expand colleges, we can take quite a lot of them. And to actually do programs that are on demand in terms of... Mm. There is is a shortage at the moment of about, we won't believe it, 10,000 motor mechanics and panel beaters in the country. You know, the association that sells new cars was telling me that a couple of years ago. We have shortage of plumbers. We have shortage of what we call coded welders. You know, all those are college-type offerings that we need to be paying more, even more attention to. I mustn't be misunderstood. We are not saying that students must not go to university, especially black students, because they are still 
underrepresented in terms of participation rate. But nevertheless, we must have a balance. In fact, ideally in this country, we need four college students per one university student. At the moment, we're just about reaching, going close to, to equality between colleges and, and, and universities. But universities are still more spaces. Mm. And that's anomalous, as I say. But that's of, uh, it's of our own making because um, colleges, uh, they are not made to come across as an attractive option. Um, when you look at how children are actually prepared for uh, further education and the workplace by extension, we don't talk about the sort of career paths that you have just mentioned. Everything seems to be geared towards people who need to do maths and science and therefore go to university so that they could um, move into certain career streams. I'm very pleased. You are right. I'm very pleased, though, to say that since the establishment of our department, we've really done a lot in, in terms of TVET colleges. We've doubled TVET intake over the past five, six years. But also what, what, what we welcome even most is that together with the Department of Basic Education, Minister Motsecha, we are now looking at the schooling system itself so that it begins to actually streamline children, you know, so that you, you, you begin to have more who are actually channeled towards vocational type education and not to academic education. Take a country like Germany. Okay, we are not German. It's a very advanced country, but it's an interesting example. Only 30% of students who finish school go to university. 70% go to apprenticeships. And they are able to get jobs. They are able to get employed. And this is actually what we need as a country. So also in terms of the schooling system, Minister Motsecha is very determined also that we begin to have this diversify and better career pathing, as you say. And what about the uh, two new institutions, the two new universities in uh, the Northern Cape and Mpumalanga? How are they doing at this point? This is their third year, but the numbers are still small, obviously. You know, you don't build a university in two or three years. It, it takes a bit of time. We are very pleased, though, that they are slowly increasing the numbers of students that they are, they are taking. And also one highlight is that this year we are opening the first post-apartheid medical school at the University of Limpopo. It's the first since 1994 that we are actually building, okay? It's also not big. It's going to take 60 new students who are going to train as doctors. Better than nothing, the demand is very big there. So they are coming along. We are quite happy that five to eight years' time, they will become quite a significant player in terms of providing opportunities for students because we do need to increase university spaces much as we need to increase college spaces faster than the universities, as I have argued. So the crux of the matter is, of course, um, around the fees, the affordability of quality higher education in this country. And um, the hashtag last year that students rallied around was that fees must fall. Of course, we didn't get to fees must fall, got to a 0% increase in uh, fees for the 2016 academic year. So talk to us about the latest developments around that and the sort of money that has been pumped into uh, trying to deal with the immediate problems that that presents. Thanks, Sakina. Uh, in, in total, the, the amount of money that were announced by the president on Saturday is, is $6.9 billion. Now, all right, let me start here. This year, NESFAS is 10 billion rents, increasing from 9.5 billion last year. 
It's going to be 10 billion rands catering for 205,000 university students and 200,000 TVET college students. Note, by the way, they were hardly ever in 2009 TVET college Nesfas Basari. So the numbers now are beginning to equal a sign of beginning that we are, we are beginning to change the system. But in addition to the 10 billion rands, there is 2.3 billion rands, which is for no fee increase. Right, and then there is also over and above that, there is about two billion, two and a half billion for student debt, which has always been our problem because NESFA students always carry the debt because we top slice when we get more students than we had actually budgeted for, so they don't get full cost of study. And then there is there is an amount now of. uh, 2.5 2.5 billion to ensure that those students who have passed and have returning to the system, they don't incur such debt going forward until they finish. Provided they, they. so it's the 2.3 for zero percent. It's 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 two billion for 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 debt, and it's 2.5 going forward to prevent debt. Now there's a huge 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 injection, which shows that government has listened to students and is very serious. Now. What is it that is outstanding? It's a number of issues. The one issue is around fee-free higher education Mm -hmm. for the poor. The president indicated already last year, and we are hoping that he will be announcing the commission soon, which will actually look into the modalities, building on the work that we had had already been doing as, 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 as the department, so that we have a comprehensive response to this. By the way, it's not only fees that are an issue. It's also the percentage of GDP we spend on higher education as a country. It's below the African continental average. It's a concern. In fact, it's been declining. We also have to look into that. So we need to look at this comprehensively. What we are saying to the students and parents, by the way, because we also would like parents to play a role here, is that let's give this commission appointed by the president space to be able to investigate the modalities, including the missing middle that we've been talking about, those who do not qualify for NESFAS, but at the same time are not, are not rich. Work had already started being done by Mr. Masan, as per my request to say, what are the possibilities of finding money, of finding money to be able to assist these students who fall through the cracks? Already some work has been done, but it's going to be taken into the commission now, so that you actually have a, a comprehensive response. The last set of issues that we had agreed at the Higher Education Summit with everyone last year, is issues of transforming institutional culture, the issues of language in our institutions, the issues of curriculum transformation, a whole range of issues. There we are developing an implementation plan to say these are the issues that should be discussed at institutional level, which, by the way, I must say, Sakina, by, by coming here and talking about these things, I'm not replacing university management. They have got to deal with their own unique institutional challenges. We are merely supporting them and picking up of what one would call cross-cutting and, and, and systemic issues. So those issues then that we said we must discuss, we are making a plan insofar as they are cross-cutting as to how we are going to be able to deal with those because a number of them are not going to be made to be realized overnight as well, which Mm. is what we please the students should do. For example, let me give you one reality. 
83% of South African professors are white. Now, it's not going to be an overnight thing to change that reality, you know. But we need to change it because many students said, one student sent me an SMS to say, you know, I studied at one university, I'm not going to mention it. Throughout, I was never taught once, I'm a black student, by a black professor. So all those things, students, they find alienating, we need better demographics, and so on. So we are all committed to everything that we have agreed we are going to do. We just have got to understand each other and sequence it. And that does not depart from the legitimacy of students calling for free higher education for the poor. Where we are not agreeing with some of the students is when they call for free education for everyone. We don't think that's correct in an unequal society like ours. Those so, who are wealthy and who are rich must pay. And then and, and you will uh, determine that how? Because, I mean, surely at the end of the day you want students to receive a free education. So will you be coming up with um, mechanisms to actually determine this? Let me tell you what, what are the two pressing issues. The one is to increase... Uh, NESFAS students. At the moment, we are supporting 16% of them. In terms of our own statistics, the need is at 25.5%. Okay? So there are NESFAS qualifying students who are not getting it. So we must increase that. Then the second priority is the missing middle that we must find. And of course, some of the things which we are already doing, we are looking at corruption in NESFAS, mm. so that we are able to do it. Then the other category would be a wealthier, better off people. They must pay. So would it be correct to bottom line it by saying that a government is committed to free education for deserving students? For the poor. All right. At least until the first undergraduate qualification. That's the complete policy. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And uh, back to the forum. And this morning we're speaking to the Minister of Higher Education, Dr. Bladen Zimande. And we're talking about the state of our higher education institutions and exactly what is happening at the moment. Many, many, many questions coming through. Uh, let me just run uh, through a few. It's questions. It's not me from listeners. Uh, Luvuyo says, uh, you asked what's the progress on hashtags fees must fall. You didn't ask what NASFAS is giving. Please can the minister answer those questions. So I think the minister did give you an overview of uh, um, you know exactly what would be spent and then um, about the missing middle uh, Sisipo says um, can the minister define what being poor means because we can't afford and yet we're told that we are not poor enough uh, Chingana uh, concurs with that saying it's commendable that students from poor backgrounds study free yet it's unfair to the black middle who are trapped in black tax and have to pay fees we agreed with the uh the, 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 these messages, you know, from the students about what we call the missing middle. As I said, we've already identified that problem. And who are those? It's often just to make practical examples. It's, it's, it's your children of teachers, nurses, police, because the NESFAS definition of poor, it's not more, it's families that are earning total family income per annum of not more than 122,000 rands, which is about 10,000 rands a month. Now, if you are earning 15,000 rands a month as a family, you don't qualify for NESFAS, but you are still poor. So that is why, then, we are looking at, into measures to actually try and ad address this problem. It's a similar 
problem, sorry, that we have with the, with housing. So we are agreed there. As I'm saying, we are working at looking at various models because we realize that this is an issue that we will have to address as a matter of agency. Well, let's go to the lines. 0891-104-208. Andile Elusigisigi, good morning. Thanks, Sakina. Sakina, one, I think it is important to appreciate the political leadership being played by the department, in particular the minister, as the young people of this country. Secondly, I want to draw the minister to the issue of uh, results of TV qualities, in particular where young people wait for a long time whilst their results are not coming out. I, I think the minister must take up that matter so that in future we will not face it. Thirdly, Sakina, I think what is also important as South Africans, we have to take time and try to reflect on what is already done in terms of alternatives, alternatives of uh, best coming up with solutions to problems we are facing with at tertiary institutions. For instance, for now we are running around talking about uh, access, but the coming one also is the issue of accommodation when already students have already started, as well as uh, something to eat at the end of the day. If we don't uh, holistically look at those, I think going forward we'll face with a big problem that uh, is going to jeopardize what is already done. So I think what is important is for us not to be uh, 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 thinking inside the box when it comes to access only. We must think holistically and devise mechanisms that at the end of the day are going to make us uh, uh, proud. Uh, as young people. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Andile, Gift in Eitanacher, good morning. <coughs> morning, Sakina, and many, morning to Comrade uh, Blade. Look, yes, Comrade Blade. Uh, uh, currently, Minister, uh, at, at the levels of public spending on most universities around this country, it's about 0.8% of, of the GDP, which is low by global standards. And secondly, Comrade Blade, a data that was released by South African Institute of Race Relations last year produced on household spending levels suggest that only 5% of these uh, of our country's families could afford comfortable uh, to pay universities fees for their children. And the, que- and the question is, Comrade Blade, is whether such levels of public spending are possible. Second, thirdly, for, 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 for example, in the very same report, uh, the one percentage point employers already paid to the CITAS with together with cutting all subsidies to parasitas and other state-owned enterprises could deliver a plus minus 45 billion rand per annum and carrying the the state wage bill to me by five percent could also deliver another 22 billion rand so a 25 percent cut in defense and military spending will add another 10 billion rand for which could amount to 77 billion rand to me because i think that spending on military and defense i don't think it's possible in this country because we don't we are not going to any war so, in actual fact, there are many other budgeting permutations that could deliver the amount of 7 billion rand that we need to cover free education. Lastly, I think, Minister, I think there are specific issues that can be transformational goals and targets between higher education department and institutions of higher learning on what could be done. And this, this could include agreements such as adding all financial exclusion for students in most universities because uh, you'll find that uh, we are paying black tax, and I'm one of those who are paying black tax. Thirdly, 
I think there must be minimum standards of institutional infrastructure, food and residences in universities. But lastly, I think there must be minimum standards on, of on employment conditions and salary of all workers employed by institutions of higher learning, which could also ban outsourcing and labor programs. Because most universities increase their fees because of they're outsourcing most of the services that they have in those universities. Okay. Thank you so much, Gift. Um, Boneni in Durban, good morning. Boneni? Good morning, Sakina, and, and, and compliments of the season to you and to uh, uh, Dr. Nzimande. Yes, Thank you to morning. you too. Uh, uh, I, I think first point that I would like to make is that I fully support the government program or the Department of Higher Education program in advancing and capacitating the TVETs because it's one area that our country that, that, we, that has been lacking for, for, for many, many years in, in our countries. We are short of basic skills that, we, that, that the country requires for its development. That is one. Then secondly, I think in Perpetua there is a problem in the whole management of NESFAS. I will tell you one thing. In 2014, my child had a problem. A, a, a DUT was given, was granted NESFAS, but only, 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 to, only to know in, in, in 2014, in 2015, that that particular NESFAS has not been paid and the child was not allowed to register at university. I think we also need to look at how the NESFAS, the program is being managed. Then the last, lastly, Sakina, I, I, I think there is no debate anymore in our country that education in general has become very, very expensive and, 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 and not sustainable or sustainable anymore. And for the black poor uh, population, it's becoming very, very inaccessible. I think we need to address that. We, com- we commend the student movement uh, supported by the civil organization and the parents for having achieved, you know, zero increase in the, in the phase of higher education, something that the Department of Education had failed, you know, to, to achieve. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, Tsepo Biko says uh, it took 22 years for NAFSAS to cover 60% of students. Blacks are 80% of the population. So this means it will take another 110 years for free education. Mlu in Peter Maritzburg, what's your comment? Actually, a student uh, with, uh, with a 70, 78% metric average and then a 74% average health degree. But then still uh, a university, say UKZN or Medunta, would really not even give me a reason why they would not accept me for medicine. Of course, they'll tell me about quotas of which they're not clearly detailed out to me. So my question, of course, I, of course, of course to me, I could easily come to a conclusion that really uh, access to education is really for some because I feel I've achieved so much, I've fought so hard so much that I feel I do already qualify to maybe at least to do the degree that I want, which is medicine. But then my point is to the minister, can they really have this quota, the university quotas, can they enforce the university co- university quotas, uh, I mean quotas to the universities? Because to me it feels as if uh, uh, universities change these quotas really nearly as they as they like, you know. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mlu. Solly in Johannesburg. Hello, uh, Sakina. Yes, Solly. Um, 
and, and, and the minister. Yes, sir. Sakina, I, I think the problem that we have in, in, in the problems, in, in actual about the situation that you are having in the country, it is lack of foresight by the politicians. Né? Because of, I'm of the view that uh, uh, you've got the cabinet ministers, you've got high pecs, and then you've got also the committee in the parliament that is the higher education uh, uh, portfolio which is constituted of people who are also having high pens. You will think that these people, whenever they, they, they do their work, they, they, they are thinking ahead of time. Because now all that we are in, it is just to react to the demands of the students. But had these people had their foresight, all these problems could have been long solved. So what I'm trying to say is that can they, after this whole problem has gone, that they think ahead of, of, of the times because of, as time goes, some of the things are going to come up and then they will react again. Thank you so much, Solly. Uh, Patrick is in Vitbank. Good morning. Hello, Patrick. Okay, Patrick, not there. Uh, tell you what, let's answer some of those yes, questions and yes. we'll come back and take another tranche. So what Solly was saying there basically ties in with the point that Gift was making, Minister. Um, and, and, and he was talking about our priorities, given what you yourself had mentioned about um, our GDP spend on higher education and the fact that it is simply inadequate. Um, Speaking of different budget permutations, so that's going to be a more intricate process. But um, the point, I guess, at the end is that more needs to be given to this particular department. Absolutely. But let me start here, Sakina. You know, we we spoke about this off-air and we forgot that, by the way, in this money at our TVET colleges, we pay for students with disabilities. Mm. We pay for minimum 80% of the program cost. And also NESFAS has for this year set aside 72.9 million rands to support students with disabilities in universities. I think that's an important piece of information in our attempts to be inclusive. You know, GIFT is right. We have to think out of the box. That is precisely what I, I, I think the president will expect from the commission as to where and how do we raise money. There's no doubt that we've got to reprioritize the budget, government budget. doesn't mean that we've got endless flexibility to it because there are certain things you can't touch, you know, certain basic social services and so on. There is also support that higher education needs more funding, not only just in terms of supporting students, but also even in terms of the issue that... uh, is being raised by Andile of student accommodation. Of course, there's mm-hmm. lots of money that we are we are putting in now with a particular bias towards your rural former black universities who really were very much behind in terms of student accommodation and other and other facilities. And Andile is right, but also these things also are important for purposes of success because one of the things we sometimes do not talk adequately about is that the failure rate in our universities is very high. 55% of the students who start at university, they never finish. Which means, essentially, billions of rents are being thrown. Is that into, failure into rate or is that dropout? Or? It's dropout. 55%, they never finish. Your NESFAS students, one-third finish on time. The other one-third, they drop out. The other third, they take four or five years to finish a three-year degree, for example. So there is a lot of work and attention. In fact, when you talk transformation, that's one other transformation 
indicator that we really have got to tackle. We are putting in a lot of money as government to improve teaching and learning and so on. But much more still needs to be done by everybody. By but the then there should themselves. be more stringent controls. If we are going to talk about free higher education, it cannot be taken for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. That point tends to get lost because then the demand is just access, access, access. But you but cannot very keep paying little. for someone who keeps failing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, that is the issue. That's why I have a debate with students sometimes to say academic exclusion. I say, well... Is there anything really called academic exclusion? Maybe I'm not talking about failing and not passing, you know, and so on. But I don't want to, 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 to be opening that debate here. And also I want to assure him, you know, that the CETA, SI, State Information Technology Agency of the state, is the one that helps us with certification. We have agreed that by end of January, all certification backlogs in different colleges must actually have been, have been uh, dealt with. Now, Mboneni, you are right. We are doing a lot in terms of capacitating the Tivet College sector, in terms of governance, in terms of quality. The most important thing with Tivet College is Sakina is to bring them closer to employers and to industry. Because that's the other problem. That's, that's fundamental. if people come from TVET colleges, they are not looked upon favorably for the most part by employers. Yes, I must say, though, that some of the employers are really beginning to come along, and it's making a big difference. You know, there are some colleges. There is one college we visited here in Gauteng. They've got a wonderful diesel mechanic program. They are partnering with some of the companies. They say 95% of their students get employed. They get offered employment even before they, they, they actually finish. So we have got some very good practices inside the system that we, we, we need to address. Just very quickly... Unfortunately, programs like medicine, I did say, Sakina, right at the beginning, we really have a shortage of space. So sometimes you get 73%, we are told you can't be taken because of space. It's not because of anything. That is why we are increasing the number of medical schools, and now we've got a dedicated health sciences university, this, this Fakumahat. I will take the criticism from Soli, you know, and say, yes, we need to have foresight. We have mm. had foresight in, in many instances. Maybe we need to even plan better and actually improve. And another thing, by the way, that as government generally we are not very good at is communicating. Because many of the things sometimes that are raised by people are being done, but we are not communicating adequately. That's another thing that we actually need to improve. Okay. Lastly, and most important in these sections, which I forgot with Mboni, we are now wanting to change the way NESFAS is functioning. We have a pilot at the moment. We want to say, if Sakina Kamendo is coming to start first year and has been given NESFAS, you apply once. If you pass, it gets automatically renewed until you finish. At the moment, it's not the case. Each year, students have got to start from scratch applying. So we are never certain even when you have passed that we are going to continue to be getting NESFAS and so on. That's one of the things that we want to change, so that NESFAS is more student-centered and it's able to respond better to the needs of the poor students in particular. Let me just uh, summarize quickly what a number of people are saying um, on the uh, social media platforms. They say free education 
does not just mean education that is free for the poor. They said you have forgotten and veered away from the principles of the uh, Freedom Charter. It's not free education for the poor. It's free education for everyone because this is not a commodity. So whilst you mull over that, let's go back to the lines. 891 Lota Mayana in Pretoria. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Sakina. Uh, I just want to ask the minister um, whether or not uh, I, I do understand that um, foreign students, they do benefit as well from nurses. Now, what I want to understand whether or not is a threshold in terms of the number of students that they need to fund from foreign countries, and then um, do they have uh, mechanisms and measures in place to recover those monies if those people go back to their countries? Thank you. Thank you so much, Lotta. Patrick in Pretoria. Hi, okay. Hi. Hi, Patrick. Okay. Um, there's just one thing that I'd like to contribute. Um, it seems like here in South Africa we tend to complicate uh, matters uh, too much. I mean, um, the students are all asking for free education, for all. And this was promised in the Freedom Charter. Now we come with complicated schemes such as only uh, uh, rich people will pay, poor students, poor people are not going to pay. And then you're creating another problem. You've got those people that are below the threshold but uh, are not able to actually cope. Why don't you just grab the fees, increase 1% of the, the tax and then um, uh, uh, income tax to everybody and then you, you, the problem is solved. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Patrick. Sipo in Johannesburg. Hi, um, my contribution to the minister is that um, I understand the gesture of the government wanting to give uh, the poor deserving students uh, fair education, but I think all students who actually uh, deserve that fair education must pay 50% of it, because I mean, if you don't pay nothing at all, then the system is going to collapse. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sipo. Eddie in Wooddendals, Russ, I've just scratched off your uh, SMS here because you're on the line. Good morning much uh, compliments to, to you all. I just want to say, I just want to ask how far are we with the centralized registration center? And then the other one is, you know, TZ, I don't think they are marketed enough so that we can uh, reduce the overflow to universities. And the other thing is our CTAs are very expensive. We need to cut them or replace them with one skill development fund. I understand that we need skills development in our country. They are only nests for corruption. But we, need to, we need to remove them. And the last one, there, there are unused schools in the, in, the, in the township. We need also to look at that. Why, why can't we convert them to, uh, to TVET so that we, or else to be satellite for TVET so that we can uh, reduce transport and accommodation costs? Thank you. Thank you so much, Eddie. Eunice in Johannesburg as well. Good morning. Yeah, hi, again. Two points quickly. Um, has the minister considered the Italian model of funding for universities where I read a piece where uh, students' fees are determined by the parents' income? So in other words, like on a sliding scale, the first one. The second one is, I think a previous caller has spoke about it. Minister spoke about shortages in skills. But, you know, during the apartheid era, you walked into a post office or a police station, you saw big notices there for apprentices, but that was for whites only. Now, the CETA thing is complicated. Surely, if this was simplified, more people could, would go, those that don't go to university would consider going, you know, for skills. But it has to be simplified, and I'd like the minister's comment on these two issues. Thanks. Thank you so much, uh, Eunice. Well, minister, let's try and breeze through them. 
Yes, let me start with the Freedom Charter. So again, unfortunately, I've managed to, to get it here. Mm. The Freedom Charter says, and I quote, Education shall be free, compulsory, universal, and equal for all children. Higher education and technical training shall be opened to all by means of state allowances and scholarships awarded on the basis of merit. There is no free higher education in the Freedom Charter for all. So people mustn't misread that. Free education is basic education. It says awarded to all will be, will be accessible to all based on state allowances and scholarships awarded on the basis of merit. In other words, in terms of NESFAS, we have gone a long way in actually realizing what the Freedom Charter says here. I just thought that it's important for me to say that. Secondly, I want to tell Moyane if I heard correctly. No, we don't give any NESFAS money to foreign students. Not at all. Not a cent. All what we have is a SADC agreement that SADC may have up to 5% students in each country who come from the rest of the region, and they shall be charged fees as if they were local students. So that's the kind of SADC agreement that we have. But we don't pay NESFAS for, 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 for any foreign students. Many of them get paid for by their government, especially from the, 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 the African continent. We are hoping to actually implement the central application service as from next year. But what we have now is what we call CATCH, Central Application Clearinghouse. Mm. Sakina applies to VITS, doesn't get taken at VITS can go to catch and say, is there any other university which has got a space in the degree that I want to do? And we've actually been assisting a lot of students. I saw that that. yesterday and I did retweet it. Maybe Kaya can just uh, tweet it to me again and I will uh, post it once more. Yes, we would really appreciate that, you know, uh, in terms of being assisted. With CETAS, we are trying really a lot to change. This is a behemoth, you know, 11 billion rands and more that... We are seeking, for instance, we are bringing sitters now closer to colleges, something that has not happened before, so that they are able to facilitate this relationship between colleges and employers. And also to address the point that I didn't hear the name, the gentleman, I think that was the last question talking about apprenticeship, so that we are able to promote that. We have gone a long way in simplifying, by the way, the apprenticeships. You know, when our department was started in 2009, we found that there were more than a hundred different types of apprenticeships and artisanships. We established what we call a national artisan moderating body, and also we've got a single center now with all the data on artisans in the country. It's in one of the Eguruleni Tivet colleges, so that we are actually able to have one minimum standard. So that if we say we are an artisan from South Africa, we know that you have actually met these minimum standards which everybody has actually okay. gone through. Minister, I just want to uh, rush through this very briefly be in the interest of time. Firstly, um, what about students want to know about uh, those who have outstanding fees and certificates being withheld? Is there anything that can be done in that regard? And also the issue about the CETAs. Many people picking up on that saying that the CETAs are corrupt, they are just not useful, and maybe that mean, uh, money should basically go towards higher education. Sakina, I think those questions, they will require specific responses. You know? And I will ask her to just send you our toll-free number so that you are able to maybe even ask Rowena to actually 
I tell you what, we can arrange for you to come back. I mean, you have that meeting on Thursday. Yes. People asking for specifics, you know, uh, time frames. And maybe after that meeting, we'll ask you to come back and uh, we'll answer more of these questions. And then at a separate, um, uh, on a separate discussion, we can, uh, you know, philosophize. Get into the whole philosophy and ideology of this free education. Because yes. I think that would make for a good discussion because clearly the minds are not meeting at the moment. I would be more than happy to come back, Sakina. There you have it. This is a topical issue. Uh, Dr. Bladen Zimande and of course uh, the higher uh, education academic year just getting started already off to a bang of a start. So we'll bring him back and we'll talk about more of these things. All the same. Thanks for your participation. Thank you, Minister, for coming through. Thank you very much for the invitation, Sakin. All been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.